paloma ya voló. Oh, oh ay, marinero navegó. Donald Glover has made a musical comeback as Childish Gambino with his new track, This Is America. He shows us how in America, guns are treated with more respect than black lives. By now, you may have heard about the immigration caravan coming from Central America to the United States for asylum. Well, they made it. About 200 migrants have reached Tijuana and are camping at the U.S.-Mexico border, waiting for a chance to start a new life. When Donald Trump first proposed arming teachers at a meeting with school shooting survivors, I didn't think he was actually going to do it. But on March 11th, officials announced that the administration will work with states on what they called rigorous firearms training. With Youth Radio, I'm Charlie Stipe. I'm Pablo from Youth Radio. This is Clay Xavier with Youth Radio, bringing you an arts update. Hi, everyone. We are super excited to have you join us today on Out of the Margins uh, with my old friend uh, and head of Youth Radio, Jabari Gray. So, Jabari, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, absolutely, Leticia. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Actually, I was thinking the other day, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out how long we've known each other, that we don't see each other very often. I feel like we met when I was still at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Is that true? Yeah, it is. I'm not <laughs> sure how many years ago that is now, but so much has changed on both sides since then. I mean, it's just really great to still be aligned. I know, I know. So it was actually about 10 years ago, if I, um, I don't, I don't want to date myself, but but it oh, was... you, might, you might have just dated me. <laughs> that would be that would be when I uh, just right around when I first showed up at Youth Radio. Yeah. Um, so maybe nine years. Yeah. 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 But who's Jabari Gray? How did you how did you come to this work? Um, I'm from the Bay Area. Um, I came to Youth Radio as a fundraiser initially, but was you know fully aware of Youth Radio as a, a graduating senior. I think that Youth Radio was putting content out around the the same time that I was graduating high school. And uh, I sort of fell in love with what, you know, the organization was doing by way of hearing perspectives on KCBS on the weekend. And, uh, and as a young sort of aspiring multimedia producer at the time, was just really um, taken by what I thought was happening, not only with diverse young voices uh, on the airwaves, uh, but what I knew the potential could be with hearing those voices on such a big network. It, after that, uh, after that time, I mean, you know, it was it was such that Youth Radio was focusing on broadcast journalism, mm -hmm. uh, pretty specifically at that time, and I was really into shooting video and making music and so mm -hmm. forth. And when I returned to the Bay Area, had the opportunity to be reintroduced to the organization uh, in the in the current form that it is now, with this great national network opportunity that we're building out and uh, the huge sort of multimedia technology center that it had moved mm -hmm. to in the heart of downtown Oakland. And, uh, and then it was just, you know, it was just uh, serendipitous for me. So Youth Radio is an award-winning organization. You know, you mentioned your public radio station in, in California. You know, for us here in New York, it's WNYC. Uh, and we've heard it as part of, you know, broadcasting and NPR. So tell us just a little bit about, first, the organization. So that's one. But then two, like, what's the entry point, right? Like, so young people 
come to youth radio to to what to like tell their stories uh well we're we're a nonprofit media enterprise that's powered by a national network of young journalists artists and culture makers um we create curate and distribute news art and music that transforms the culture and young people's lives uh, while we teach young people to also uh, pass that knowledge on and teach their peers to do the same. So the programs engage diverse young people across the country in hands-on education, and that kind of supports their pathway to civic agency uh, and meaningful employment in the 21st century workforce. Um, so, you know, writ large, the way that we do that is we uh, distribute youth-driven content through our own platform and as well as through high-profile media outlets and partnerships like you were just naming. They also include the New York Times, mm-hmm. in addition to NPR, Teen Vogue, and Pandora are kind of like, you know, the top ones that, um, that folks know us for. When it comes down to, uh, you know, how a young person has the opportunity to get engaged with our programs, there's a variety of different ways. Uh, to be honest, I mean, and this is, this is sort of a badge of honor, most of it is through word of mouth. Um, mm. the, or, the organization does some targeted recruitment on campuses. Um, we do uh, recruit at sort of national uh, you know, journalism um, gatherings, uh, mm-hmm. if they're geared towards high schoolers or college age people. Uh, and then we, we do have young folks that come to us uh, as part of um, a community referral system. So folks that come, that are coming out of system uh, engagement, uh, we're uh, on a network, um, you know, sort of a list of preferred service providers, especially for young folks coming out of the juvenile justice system and and, and child welfare as well. We hear, especially in philanthropy these days, everyone's talking about supporting narrative change, cultural work. And I think there are a number of definitions for what that is and how do you support it. So I'd love to hear from your perspective one, what is a media enterprise? What does that actually mean? Um, And then two, what, what does like cultural work look like? What, what does it mean to make culture? I think, you know, when I'm using that terminology, it's really to um, cast the broad net that it encapsulates or captures uh, all of the different types of media that we produce. At this point, you know, Youth Radio is a brand that's 25 years old. It started off as youth on the radio, and it has since grown. Yeah, I did not to, know that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, and it has since grown to all uh, sort of advanced multimedia production. When I say enterprise, it, it not only is um, a phrase that captures everything that we produce, but also uh, sort of the business that we're in. And the easiest way that I can explain Youth Radio's model quickly is to say, you know, on the one hand, we are a direct service provider that essentially is a media workforce intervention that teaches young people the highest quality practices of journalism and media production across the board. Uh, so it's a, it's like a school on one hand. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, we produce content with those young people. They are leading the way. And that content gets distributed in a number of different places and, and sort of uh, formats and fashions. And so uh, if you were to take the school and slam the school inside of the media production company, that would be youth radio. And yeah, yeah. And then this question of, of culture, like who creates it? Who creates right. culture? And, and what is the impact of that um, on those of us that are receiving it, right? Like, 
just really curious from your perspective and in part because you use that language, how, who, why, right? That the young people guided by your facilitation, like you, you meaning the adults in the institution. Tell us a little bit about what that means for you guys. Sure. So when we're thinking about culture um, making, you know, the way that we look at it is uh, it is a pursuit of truth. And then developing a way to communicate that truth that is effective and then therefore received with the intention um, that you are trying to send that message out with, right? And then it spreads. What we're talking about is a genuine reflection of, uh, you know, the intentionality around being an individual and a unified community. So when you talk about hip hop culture or something along those lines, it had a definition, but the, the group of people who were involved in it created that. It was a truth that was shared among people and it changes over time. But when we think about um, reaching, you know, sort of a critical mass and a tipping point where you say, oh, they make culture, I think it begins with young people and, and any individual. So how does that then relate to the broader conversations around race or, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's in the news quite a bit often these days, like white supremacist culture, Mm -hmm. Um, right? So if, if it is a pursuit of truth, I love that. What truth are we searching for? And how does that relate to like the storytelling that you all do? Or does it relate? Yeah, I think it's, it becomes about movements at that point. And, you know, we believe that youth-led movements demand youth-led coverage. And you bring up a very interesting and important point, which is um, what are the parts of larger, quote-unquote, culture that may not uh, feel like they're really embedded in a shared truth, <laughs> you know? Um, and I would be lying if I said that there was an answer to that Mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. I think that um, it's important to realize that what we want to do with our work is reach a critical mass where it's understood that what we want to do is facilitate those conversations um, through, you know, our team of young journalists across the country and, and artists who are uncovering the truth around stories that are often missing in those conversations, you know, here in Oakland and across the country. I think it's important to recognize that time and again, very critical youth storylines are misrepresented or completely excluded from this narrative. When you start to to take a step back and a step up and look down and say, okay, how, how, like, what is culture and how is it broadly defined? Um, I think we're a culture of subcultures in a lot of ways. And so we're, we're always going to be looking for that balance where I look at what it is that maybe a person who has an opposing opinion and, and even let's just go deeper than that, um, you know, a dangerous opinion. And, and how does that culture come about for them? So storytelling and this notion to, to your point that, you know, there are stories that are missing. Actually, I was reading something this morning about the, you know, one of these sort of narratives, right, of American history that's completely missing from you know, 20th century history of people of color in this country, it, it helps me think about that. How do we change that, right? How do we bring it to light? And one of the ways to do that is the way that you all do it, right? It's like young people telling their stories. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about the power of that process for 
both for like the listener, right? When I wake up and listen to NPR and I hear, you know, a young person's voice telling their experience of, of dating violence was one of the ones that for me was really powerful. Um, but like for the young person, so for the young person that's, that's um, doing the journalism, what is the power of that intervention? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's empowering, you know, for a young person to not only be looking down the road at where the story will carry, but I think initially, youth radio is not creating anything here. We're amplifying. Mm-hmm. Um, the young people have voice. They, they, they may not have the right platform. So, you know, that's the first point of acknowledgement in meeting somebody where they are and transforming the experience from someone who may not be heard by large groups beyond their own immediate network to someone who can step into those spaces confidently. What happens with adults uh, or the or the sort of larger listening audience uh, is just based in the fact that we know what the power of personal narrative can can do to change hearts and minds on politics, gentrification, gender, gun violence. Uh, so when young people are expressing themselves in their point of view, they can change the world. You said that it's a transformative experience for young people. What are you looking to transform? Uh, and and I think you know someone the other day said. It's actually, you know, someone that we know really well here at AFF, something that research shows, I'm going to look this up, that an event that happens to someone, you know, early on, right, like at age 18 or 19, it has much a bigger impact. Of course, I'm assuming it would depend on what the event is than, for example, when you're 40. And so it was around civic engagement, you know. And so... I, again, I'm going to look up the research, but I'm just really curious, what is this transformative experience that you're looking to have people go through, young people go through, and sort of for what end? When I use the word transformative, what I mean is deep change on a personal level. That change will come in a variety of different ways, depending on how long a young person chooses to stay engaged with programming here and what specific offerings they want to uh, pursue. You will be a different and hopefully better off individual once you've exited our programming. I mean, on the basic fundamental levels before a young person comes to youth radio, they may have raw, untapped potential. While they're here, they have access to mentors, Mm -hmm. community resources, new inspiration from their peers. Uh, And then you can choose your own adventure. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I want to go into broadcast. Oh, I want to go into coding. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so then those those experiences offer uh, different, you know, sort of gates and phases. And then therefore, um, you know, a transformative experience that's that's unique. And some of that could even be as simple as finding stability. You know, the, the, the wraparound support services that Youth Radio offers are key to the model, not only in terms of, you know, what we feel is a responsible offering as a community service provider, but they're essential to a lot of the young people's persistence through the program, a culture of health and wellness, mm-hmm. um, academic support, you know, things that you wouldn't necessarily 
think of, you know, if one were to say, oh, I, I sent my kid to that after school media program, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there's just a whole lot else uh, or other things that come along with that. And, and those are all of the, the aspects that go into sort of a whole person approach that allow for great, um, great personal change to happen. So just, just one more question on this, because, you know, we, we talk to a ton of organizations across the country um, and, in, and in Puerto Rico as well, because we do some grant making there. Like, what's the difference for you at Youth Radio between this whole person approach that you talked about and, and more of a, like a traditional social service model? Um, because we oftentimes, I, you know, I, I might steal your language because we know it when we see it and talk about it in a, in a, in a way to tell people what we're looking for. But like, it, it, one is, is there a difference? Uh, and two, what is the difference for you all at Youth Radio? And three, and like, like, do young people respond differently to these, um, to these different ways of engaging? That that one's a tough one for me to answer. Here, we just we have the opportunity. You know, we've been building on this vision for the last twenty five years that um, you know our founder and president Ellen O'Leary started, and and it really is about opportunity and and making sure that you know as we continue to engage with young people around developing themselves um, in one area of core competencies and we'll just call that media mm-hmm. that there that there's a recognition of the human experience in that and so one of the examples that I use a lot of times is um, you know why? So why why does why does Youth Radio have a healthy food program? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's it's a very fundamental question that to me has a very simple answer, which is you know we could continue to train young people to tell high quality stories and get them out. And if a young person is telling a story about living in a food desert or food injustice, there's there's a value to saying we're going to help you tell that story. Period. Mm-hmm. There's also a recognition that you're saying in that storytelling, you need help huh. and you can't get around these other things. And also, I'm noticing that when I work with you, when you're hungry and stressed, we can't get this done. Mm. So, so when you take a whole person approach, it's just a recognition, I think, on my part or on the organization's part to acknowledge that no one is walking into this space from a void. Mm. I'm not, nobody is. The young people definitely aren't, and especially those who are coming from high stressor uh, experiences. To me, the equivalent of looking at a young person as my peer, for me, that's just, it's an equalizer. and, And it's a differentiator because again, it's not part and parcel with the kind of intervention model, uh, as it were, that youth radio, uh, has on the ground. Folks, if you're just joining us, we are talking to Jabari Graves on the West Coast from Youth Radio. Uh, He's telling us about the organization, but he's also, I think, talking about um, what does it mean to look at young people from from a holistic and a really whole place. And Jabari, I want to talk about the current moment. You know, we had the March, um, March for Our Lives a couple of months ago, this sort of Parkland moment, right, where 
there's young people that have been at the forefront of this right of this sort of tragic American situation because it's very American, right? Like these school shootings and gun violence to the extent that we have it in this country. It's you know it's, it's fairly situated in time and place uh, in in the United States, and so this amazing opportunity for young folks to be front and center. And yet there's been some criticism about who gets to tell that story, right? So I'd love to hear from Youth Radio's perspective and the young people that you're working with, what has been their role in, um, in sort of pushing the stories out of this moment? Yeah. And any thoughts on, on some of that, that pushback that, you know, well, you know, young people of color have been talking about this forever, why is it now? Why this, why this moment now? We're at a point where our nation faces a crisis of distrust. I mean, that goes, you know, for the, the fourth estate, journalism, media, uh, civic institutions, you who doesn't look like me. And, and so we do believe at the core, again, you know, that youth-led movements demand youth-led coverage. And we're at a time where the country is experiencing sort of that explosion of youth activism that you were referring to. Uh, and that is always going to, you know, surface a lot of different uh, perspectives and opinions, all of, of which are really, uh, are, are really valuable. And, and, but in the same moment, young people are finding new ways to overcome powerlessness, uh, pr- participate actively in civic dialogue, and again, become truth tellers for themselves and for their communities. You know, we're in that unique position to amplify young voices in the immediate uh, and, and those voices of, of people who have the most at stake, you know, and ensure that youth journalism and, and um, truthful journalism uh, writ large plays a vital role in the American democracy. You know, when it comes down to reflecting on the sort of spotlight uh, that certain tragedies have have gotten in certain communities that may not have been historically fraught with um, these kind of troubling issues. Uh, Yeah, for for me as a person of color and um, somebody who who is in a community where we've been talking about this for years, that that is on some levels even personally a little bit um, hurt hurtful for me Hmm. Um, that, you know, it's like, Oh, now, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but, but what I will say is that I'm proud to be here at youth radio in, in a moment like that, because youth radio was, was founded at a time where there was heightened youth violence in our local community. So Mm -hmm. I guess the question for me on a fundamental level becomes, um, do I become engulfed in the timing or do i say this is we're here we're here let us step forward into that space and and do what we've always done um but expand it and build a national um chorus of voices uh through you know the new technology that we have access to and the and the great relationships that this organization has built over the last quarter century and just and just seize the moment you know so i can be i can drown a little bit in the pain because this has been going on since uh since time began almost in this country right we've had these problems we're not in a post racism society or any of that stuff um that i hear 
uh, people sort of wanting us to be. We're at a point, though, where we can start to really influence and take back, I should say, you know, the the power of driving uh, our own narratives from our own communities in a genuine fashion. And that's what Youth Radio has been doing um, since it began. And, and so a moment like this is an opportunity for, for us to sort of broaden our shoulders and open our arms uh, wider and, and bring in more young people to, to join that movement. So how do we fill in the middle, right? Because, you know, I, th- I think a lot about the broader narrative of people of color in this country, oftentimes is on, on one end, hurtful and uh, enraging about the current political moment is that the both implicit and and explicit narrative uh, that is very, again, very American about about who people of color are. I mean, pick pick a group, right? Mm African-American, Latino, Latinx, um, uh, Muslim, our Muslim brothers and sisters, right? Like pick pick a, a group, you know, in the worst way, you know, thinking about the the Roseanne Barr comment, right? Sort of like deeply rooted uh, racist associations of of who people of color are. So there's right that, and then there's like the other, like the total flip side of it, which is like the person who like made it through even though everything was against them and they're like, you know, the exception Mm -hmm. to the rule, which, you know, I think both ends are extremely problematic. How do you use the storytelling that youth radio does and, and the amazing voices of young people to fill in that center so that it's actually a human story, right? It's the story of the young person as a human being, as a sometimes failed person, sometimes amazing person, sometimes uh, a sad person. Like, I, like how, how do you use your platform and this, this moment to help us uh, tell the middle, right? Not one extreme or the other. Fortunately, I'm not tasked with uh, solving that problem. <laughs> and what I what I mean by that is that is what the young people do. Uh, it is it is core to the work. It is core to the model. When you let the young people actually lead, and you bring in open minds who are not afraid of being different from one another, of asking. Uh, hard questions. I mean, questions that actually are probing genuine questions of one another and of the communities around them, they fill in the middle. I think a lot of times it's easy to forget the feeling that many of us had when we were in our teens and early 20s as adults. So when we, when we're going back to the, the you know, the 40 plus crowd and, yeah. and how does this affect uh, us, me? And how does how does it how does it really um, matter? And 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 how do we really find that middle full representation of mm-hmm. what it is to be a, a young person in this country today? Um, back in the day, they used to th- say, you know, young people think they can live forever. Well, I don't believe that at all. What I'm the essence of that is there's a vibrance there. There's a, a desire. That, that is part of, of being a young person to, to stand up uh, and be heard 
And even when it's difficult for us to do that, the desire is still there. There are those of us that where our natural constitution is such that we're, we're more um, extroverted. And, and there are folks who are going to be a little bit more introverted, but youth radio provides an opportunity to, to sort of bring that out. Again, youth radio doesn't create young people's voice. The voice is already there. And, and so that painting of the complete picture, uh, fortunately, I don't have to solve that because mm -hmm. I work with youth peers who that is their natural inclination. That mm -hmm. is their drive. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is, is, you know, work with my adult partners here to bust down the barriers to entry, the roadblocks, uh, and have these young people seen not as a novelty, but as an integral part of how all of this works. And so we have to listen because they're painting that whole picture that you're talking about. One more question on, on this. Um, in, the, in the current um, political climate where journalists and journalism is under attack to some extent, right? Um, like the, the power of the press and the role uh, that historically journalism has played pursuing truth, pursuing uncovering, um, you know, complicated stories or stories that are hidden. How, how has that or has that influenced the work at Youth Radio, you know, as you listen to, to, to media these days, that is one of the stories that you hear often. And so I'm just curious, how have you all incorporated the current political moment um, into either your curricula or the way that young people are sort of responding to, to, the, to the moment? The young people are responding, I think, you know, as they should in a lot of ways, uh, at least in the part of the attack that is directed at them specifically. Mm -hmm. um, stepping up and saying, hey, I'm transgender. This is how I roll and can't question it because it's me. You can't mm -hmm. question the truth. I'm it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so when, when, mm -hmm. you, when you stand in your own truth, like I was saying earlier, uh, there, there is no, um, sh you know, shutting that down other than stealing away the communication avenues, which we as youth radio are fighting every day to expand. We have a 50 state urban, suburban, rural strategy designed to give as many communities as possible throughout this country the opportunity to tell their stories. Our approach is to present that content, be it on social platforms or in long form um, in traditional kind of journalism and, and, and media assets, uh, you know, we know that that when done well, opens one up for further consideration and change. And so uh, the critical mass as we look at it is really trying to make sure that there's an opportunity to connect with as many communities in every state as possible so that people can tell their own stories. It's not about youth radio going in and youth radio reporters telling this from Oakland telling the story of people from Austin, Texas. No, it's the young people from Austin, Texas becoming youth radio correspondents mm -hmm. and telling their own stories. You know, when, when we talk about critical mass, um, it's difficult because, you know, is it world peace? Like, how, how do we really know? And I struggled a lot with this, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. When we were developing the plan, it was one thing that I was really struggling with. Do, will people care? Yeah. You know, is, is there, if we, if we hit a number, is it a number? I mean, like the questions you're asking are almost the exact questions that I was asking when mm -hmm. we were like, okay, national network strategy, 
how do we know this will work? What does this look like? Yeah. What are, what's the um, change that we're trying to affect? You know, I think if we can deliver on the vision of launching the nation's first ever major daily source for top quality youth produced journalism and creative expression, we can get people to listen and understand that there has become widened gap. It just seems to be widening over the years between those who are in power and those who mm. uh, who should have a pathway to that, um, you know, uh, to that lever. It shouldn't just be the same people huddled around the old tower power, you know, power tower, <laughs> being able to pull all the same levers, right? Um, that's not what democracy is. And so we want to we want to return to that vision of inclusive and engaged uh, community and citizenry and and high quality storytelling across platforms um, can can do that can be a, can be a major factor let's say in making that happen so we're almost at time and i i wanted to ask two more questions um one is what what keeps you up at night you know when you're thinking about your work when you're thinking about the young people whose stories you have the privilege to hear and to broadcast. Um, or when you're thinking about the current political moment, it can be any of those or all of them. What, what keeps you up at night? Um, it, it is a range. If I'm, if I'm just going to, you know, bear my soul for a moment. Please um, do. <laughs> I, this I, is I, a safe space. <laughs> We'll see what the listeners do with it after that. Everybody put it in the unsafe space. I'll be like, yeah, really emotional. But, you know, the truth of the matter is it is emotional work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I, when I thought about the, when the new political moment was sort of a, upon us, like the election had happened and I went to bed and I was thinking, oh, my goodness. Um where are we going to go? I realized that, you know, back to your other questions about the attack on the, on journalism and, and how can all of this sort of help lead us out of the darkness in a lot of ways. I realized that um, this is the right time for a, a big national strategy that's developed around youth. What's being attacked is the current um, state of the media. Well, we represent the future state of the media. Mm. Um, we we have an opportunity for the young people to really not only fill in that full picture that you were talking about, but say, let's paint something new. Let's return to our core values. That is what we see as human beings. We're fluid now. It's not, you know, just like it, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, and when I say that it, I mean, the, the, a vibrant youth community where people are coming from all walks of life, dealing with all different types of things with different types of aspirations. And they're in one place. I mean, if, if not to sound um, cliche in any way, but if you wanted to talk about what the melting pot could really be and what the advantage of having a diverse group of people come together and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, have laser focus on, on steps, pathways forward for, for them and for their loved ones in the extended community. Youth radio is an example of that. And, mm. and I think that in some ways it is most, you know, 
American quote unquote, where you talk about like, it, what would, what would it mean if we were all equal and came to the place and we all played in the same sandbox? Um, and we kind of just got our act together by saying, I don't understand that about you, but it doesn't mean I hate you. Mm -hmm. what, explain it to me. and Let me tell you where I'm coming from when I ask those questions and doing that in a respectful fashion. So what, what, what keeps me up at night with the, um, what, what initially kept me up at night with the, uh, the political climate or knowing that we were going to go into what we have now mm -hmm. um, was at first uh, a certain level of fear for our young people. And then a certain level of, uh, and this is what sustained me, it quickly pivoted from, um, what are we going to do? I don't know how, how we're going to make this work for, for the next generations to, wait a second, they can make this work for us. Mm. And this is the time for the young people to step forward and lead again. Mm -hmm. And and for us to say, we partner with them. You know, we're not prescribing, we're giving you the knowledge that we have, but capitalize on that and you show us the way we should go. Mm -hmm. um, so so coming together there and, and, you know, the things that keep me up, I mean, we do this work and we do it in the heart of downtown Oakland. We're inevitably gonna lose young people to violence. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I'm getting kind of choked up even thinking about it, but there, um, it's just hard, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that over the course of any given year, I'm going to lose a kid that I care about. That, that part, that part's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, but we come together, we're a community, we're strong, we're resilient as young people are. And yet again, they lead me to the light. Well, my last question, I think you answered it is, you know, what, what keeps you hopeful um, in this work, in this moment? What, you know, what, what, what lights up your heart? Potential. Mm. The, the potential. Um, that's what I knew I heard when I first heard youth radio on the airwaves, what it could be, uh, not only to young people, but, you know, if CBS was going to give us or give that group a minute, 30 seconds on the airwaves and a national network brand, why couldn't that minute, 30 seconds become its own national brand? Mm. And that was just what I thought when I was 17. And to be able to come and know that since then, uh, it has moved in that direction in parallel to what I believed and what I pursued on my own outside of these walls uh, and to come back. Um, it's the, it's, it's that potential for the organization, for the young people as a community and drivers of, uh, you know, what I think is possible in society, uh, writ large, uh, and also what I see on the individual level, you know, I'm not as, as privileged, uh, as some of my uh, coworkers to have the opportunity to work directly with young people, uh, every day. Um, but there are those who inevitably, you know, gravitate towards you, even if you're just kind of like a paper pusher like myself, or, and, and they uh, connect. Because at its best, youth radio is not for young people alone. It's an intergenerational experience. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's that in the building. That's how we work. And it's that when we talk about what the content can do. Hmm. So it's an intergenerational experience and the potential of what that could be at its highest level, that, um, that keeps me going every day. Hmm. 
Jabari, if, if folks wanted to find you or find the stories uh, that young people have been telling, where can they do that? Uh, the best place to go is youthradio.org. Right. Youthradio.org. I want to thank you so very much for this conversation, for putting up with my bratty questions. Um, Not at all. <laughs> and for sharing, uh, yeah, for sharing this time with us and talking to us about both um, the young people, but also about the amazing work um, that you all are doing nationally and have been doing. Uh, with young people for a long time. So folks, youthradio.org, look them up, follow them. Uh, you have been listening to Out of the Margins. And I want to thank, as always, the amazing voices of the legacy women, which you hear at the beginning and at the end of our podcast. Um, and I also want to thank uh, the, the amazing team at Soul Design, S-O-L, design based out of Atlanta that adds our music and edits for us and takes out all the coughing that I do sometimes um, while we're having these conversations. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs>